Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Ivy League, a look inside the ancient eight teams in the Ivy League and their upcoming games with all of the stats, trends, and analysis that you want to hear. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome to a special episode of Believe in the Ivy League. I am Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com. We do a college basketball preview. I know a lot of you guys listen to me strictly for the college basketball talk, so I welcome you aboard. Go check me out at Tom Barton Sports over on the X over on Twitter, TomBartonSports at gmail.com. I love to hear from you guys, and TomBartonSports.com. Now, I've said this a million times, and we will go over the preview this year, that um, I I give my accolades at the top because I'm proud of my accolades. Uh, I have been called uh, by heads of casinos, heads of sportsbooks, the best Ivy League handicapper in the business. This is not a sports betting show, okay? This is an Ivy League show. It's not a sports betting show. But it does tell you that I know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the Ivy Leagues, especially when it comes down to Ivy League basketball. Uh, I absolutely am in tune with the teams. If you are a sports better and you could take away a couple of nuggets that I give you during the course of this uh, year and all of my podcasts, well, great. That's fantastic. But don't think just because I'm TomBartonSports.com, just because I'm a professional handicapper, uh, do not believe that because I do that, that this show is about sports betting, because it's not. It absolutely is not. It's a preview show. It is about the Ivy League basketball, and that's what this is. It's separate from my handicapping. But as with a lot of things in life, the worlds do seem to cross, and if you could take away some eligible, uh, some, some knowledge there, hey, great, great. All right, let's go through it. Before we begin, I'm going to give you uh, the odds to win. Again, not because of a betting situation, just to kind of show you what people out there believe. I usually do this with college football. I give you a couple of publications and where they believe. Um, I've gone over the publications, and if I give you my top seven publications, five of them had Yale, three of them had Princeton. Uh, Well, I'm sorry, uh, top eight. Five of them had Yale, three of them had Princeton. It seemed like everybody was on Yale, and for good reason. Look, Yale's, according to the sports books, is plus 160. Princeton is plus 260. Penn comes in a distant third at plus 500. Cornell's plus 700. Brown plus 900. Dartmouth 16 to 1. Harvard 16 to 1. Columbia 25 to 1. So there, there, there is a absolute hierarchy of the top two teams. Penn, you could even throw into their top three. And then Cornell and Brown at 7 and 9 to 1. Uh, falling behind, and then Dartmouth and Harvard. Harvard has fallen off, but we'll get into all that. So you start to look around, and you start to go, okay, is this Yale's kind of championship to lose? They are last year's reigning champions. Yes, we know that, right? Uh, Yale and Princeton were picked to finish first and second in the 2022-2023 Ivy League men's basketball preseason poll, so they're one and two again. Uh, It is the Bulldogs. It is the Tigers. Last season... They finished with a league mark of 10 and 4. This is 16 media members that cover the league voted on Yale to be 1, Princeton to be 2, Cornell to be 3, Brown to be 4, Penn to be 5, Harvard to be 6, Dartmouth 7, Columbia 8. So a little bit of, a little bit of a discrepancy there um, than what we go to and we turn around and we look at when we're talking about overall the, the Vegas numbers, right? So that's something to pay attention to. You have the 
Ivy League men's preseason poll first place votes. 14 went to Yale, 124 overall. Princeton got 110 overall and only two first place votes. So like I said, it's kind of like the publications as well. Cornell with 80, Brown with 77 overall votes, not first place. Cornell with 80, Brown with 77, Penn and uh, Penn just nudged out Harvard, 68-66. And then Dartmouth falls way down with a 28 and Columbia with 23. So you could see that. Ivy League madness, okay? We are now, if you are an old school Ivy League fan, you're still getting used to the madness and, and the kind of playing dance. Well, that's set for March 15th, 16th, and 17th over in New York. The men's semifinals are going to be played on March 16th, and then the final will be on St. Patrick's Day in New York, which is uh, kind of a cool situation for anybody that that knows that. We have the Ivy League season tipping off Monday on the 6th. This should be broadcast and, and played on Monday the 6th. And then league play starts on January 6th. So that's where we're looking at it today. So let's break down the teams, right? I mean, Columbia, like I said, they really don't have a chance this year. And it's not, look, I don't want to pile on Columbia. And I know I, I do get some hate now. Okay, especially for the football side of things of people, you know, you, you pile on Columbia. There's not much I can do about it, guys. Look, they're just not very good. I mean, they're just not very good. They haven't been able to take advantage of the transfer portal. Um, they, it, it's a building process is what we keep hearing about this Columbia team. There's nothing you could do about it. They're going to go out there. They're not going to look very good this year. They went 2-12 and 12 in conference play last year. And they had close to... You know, the the youngest team in the league, basically. They're the youngest team in the country, almost. So maybe that's the bright light there. Maybe you have the bright light with Columbia that they were really young last year, and this year they won't be so young, and they could turn around, and, and maybe you can look at this and say, there's some hope there. Overall, I think they're the dead last team. I agree with the polls. I agree with everybody that says that Columbia will finish on the bottom of the pack. Dartmouth is another one here. Look, Dartmouth isn't as bad as people believe them to be, right? I, I I don't think that they're atrocious, but I think that the Ivy Leagues are pretty good this year. So, you know, you look at um, you know, the, the the first game of the year, and this is this is just to kind of show you, you know, what we're looking at. Look at the first game of the year; they're up against Duke. Okay, the line's going to be uh, right around thirty minus thirty. Um, I don't think they're going to come close. I mean, I think Duke scores about hundred points on them. But well, what do you make of that? Is that is that a Dartmouth problem? No, not really. I mean, Dartmouth is going to be near the bottom. Um, last year, they they had a good year last year. They were just outside um, two overtime losses, or or they would have been in the madness. But I think that they're going to lose. They they lost a lot, and I think that they're going to lose even more this year. You are looking at a, a head coach here, right? That needs to start to get something working, but he's got the leeway. I don't expect, I don't think people expect Dartmouth to all of a sudden be something uh, more than they are. And and what they are is they are just a bottom of the barrel team that will be better than Columbia, but I don't think can quite compete with the big dogs. Now, maybe he surprises like last year. Maybe they, they were, they were really like an overtime or two away from getting to the dance. I just wouldn't expect much from Dartmouth. this year. Now where I am different here um, is that, I believe Harvard's better than the 16 to 1 that Vegas has them at. I I think that Harvard is certainly above Dartmouth and Columbia, but even the Ivy League polls have them at 6. I think they could be better than that. And I look at just strictly coaching. Right? I mean, they're strictly coaching to me. That's how I'm looking at. It. 
Tommy Amaker is going into his 17th season. He's the all-time winningest coach for the Harvard. Um, seven Ivy League championships, seven 21 seasons, four NCAA tournaments. The resume is there. Now, Harvard wasn't terrible last year. They were 14 and 14. Okay. Five and nine in conference play was not good. Uh, they had a lot of games where I, I wasn't sure who their identity was. When they were going to the championships, or were they going uh, winning championships and they were going to the, the brackets, they were a three-point shooting team with really smart gameplay. Then you saw a time where Harvard was a really good defensive team. I'm not sure what they were last year. They had one player that averaged over 10 points a game. And that was Chris Ledlam who, who left in the transfer portal. He's gone, right? Um, so you go, okay, that's a problem. They also lost other players. Uh, Rick Pitino uh, took him from St. John's, right? The, the second leading scorer. Treach out, senior last year. He's gone. Um, so it, it, it's kind of a problem. I don't think they hit the transfer portal as well as people wanted them to. But I, I'm okay with it. Look, Evan Nelson comes back. I like Evan Nelson. I, I do believe they have a couple of young guys that can step up. It's not a Harvard team, you know, that is adding incoming freshmen. They're actually only adding uh, Malik Mack. Well, only one guy is incoming freshman, right? But I look at Tommy Amaker and I say, I think Tommy Amaker could be that guy that takes this team a little bit further. I think when you look at uh, the bad luck that happened to them last year, and it's not a cop-out, it's reality. I think you have to believe in that. You have to believe that they do have some games where I think that they can win. Look, losing Ledlam, it's a big loss. I get it. I get what they're losing. But I don't think that you could put him behind Brown. Brown, people are, are on top of it. People do like Brown. I get it, right? And they may have the Ivy League Player of the Year, right? And Keno Lilly Jr., he might be that guy. It was uh, 17 points per game last year as a sophomore. But I don't think that's enough to put him into a conversation that, first of all, into a conversation of a league title. I don't think that they're there. And I certainly don't know if it's just automatic that just because they have Keno Lilly Jr., that they're better than Harvard, right? I, I don't know about that. He was a first-team All-Ivy League selection last year. He, to me, he's not enough to put them above Harvard. So I have Harvard above them. Cornell is in the same vein. Look, Cornell, we know what Cornell is going to do, right? We, we know that. Cornell is going to run, 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 and score. Can they play any defense? That is the question that we're going to look at. They were 10-3 and three in non-conference last year, okay? They played really well. I made a ton of money on them on taking them plus points and the overs in games because it was just unbelievable how much they just run. But they lost five of the last six in February. Then in the Ivy League tournament, they just didn't look like themselves. It seemed like that running gun, go up and down, Brian Earl style, it seemed to me that all of a sudden people caught up with that and said, okay, we'll dare you, dare you to keep running and and. It sort of uh, was, oh, oh, okay, well, well, this is a problem. Now, you do remember, you know, um, what they did to Miami, and th there was a lot of good there. I'm not sure I can go and, and say that Cornell isn't the third best team here. Uh, they may be. I'm just, uh, I'm going to stop short of saying that they could win a championship and be the best team in the Ivy Leagues because I don't believe in their defense. Their offense is there. They play even a little bit of defense. I'd be all over Cornell. And, and that's to say that I have Cornell over Penn. I have Harvard right there with Penn. 
Penn is, is a good program. They're always going to be well uh, coached. You know that, right? Um, but Jordan Dingle's gone. He's going to St. John's with, with Patino, right? So he's gone. The, the leading scorer in the Ivy Leagues, that's a problem. And then you go, wait a minute, what about their number two scorer? Yeah, Max Martz is gone off of this team as well because of injuries, right? So he's gone. So they lost their number one and two scorers, and people are still sitting by and still sitting there and saying, okay, they're going to be the third best team? I don't see it. Look, I, I go more with what the media members in the Ivy League predicted them as a five as opposed to where a lot of people are putting them, including Vegas putting them as a, as a, as a three or a four. So I would have Columbia as, as an eight. Dartmouth is seven for me. I put Harvard above Brown. So Brown's six. I want to put Harvard above Penn. At five, Penn comes in at four, or Harvard comes in at four, and Cornell, to me, comes in at three. And then you have the two big boys. And the two big boys are Princeton and Yale. And Princeton's going to have a good season. They are, okay? I, I know that you do have the seniors coming back, okay? Or they were going to have the seniors coming back. And then what happened? Well, the transfer portal. And you're going to hear me saying that a lot. Transfer portal came around. But they did have Pierce, who's Ivy League Rookie of the Year. Yeah, that helps out as well. You start to look at Princeton's schedule and you go, yeah, you know, was it was it a Cinderella run last year for Princeton or were they just better than what people believed, right? They do have, um, you know, uh, average 11 points per game. Alicano coming back. Like I said, Caden Pierce is there. I think Princeton's still a team that's seemingly flying under the radar but I do not have them winning this division. It's Yale or bust for me. Look, you can't sit back and tell me that a team with the consistent winning of Yale should be looked at as anything but the dominant team in this conference. You can be a Harvard fan. You can be a Princeton fan. You can be a fan of whatever you want, but you can't overlook what Yale is. They've won five of the last Ivy League regular season titles. One or shared, right? Five of the last uh, eight regular season. They haven't finished lower than third place since 2012. This is a dynamic program. They also get potentially the player of the conference here, Matt Noling back, and they get the defensive player of the year, who's actually a different player. So you could say that they have the best offensive and best defensive players in the league on their team, and I don't think many people are arguing that. You know, you, you look at what Yale is, and I get that there's going to be one or two people that vote for Princeton, and there was exactly two people out of the 16 that voted for Princeton. But I can't really get my head around going against Yale in this spot. We may have something interesting. We may have an upset. We might have a situation where something weird happens in this conference. But by and large, guys, I mean, this is Yale's conference to lose. You can get a plus 160 on the betting line, and I did take it. It's Yale's conference to lose. Maybe we get something fun happening in in the uh, Ivy League madness, sure. But it's Yale's conference to lose. I think Noling is the player of the year in this conference. Uh, I'll go with a repeat defensive player of the year from Yale as well. There are some interesting guys, like a, Lil- a Lily and whatnot could disrupt that. But overall, it's Yale. It's Princeton. I'll see you in the Ivy madness. Four teams like Cornell, who I do think gets in. And then that last spot. Is it Brown? Is it Penn? Is it a Harvard team that I seemingly have faith in, but nobody else does? All right, guys, it's going to be a real fun college basketball year. Every single week now, you can expect me to go over the college basketball schedule and the 
football schedule. Get real into the Ivy League podcast from here on out. I'm Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com. Have a very good week, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.